Welcome to the Courage to Connect podcast, where you'll find authentic conversations, short stories, and a whole lot of vulnerability. Our host, Mark Ostash, is a digital wellness author and human connection expert who has written two books, done two TED Talks, and is frequently featured in USA Today. So check your phone one last time and get ready to be encouraged by Mark Ostash. Hey, welcome to the Courage Connect podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ostash, and today we are going to be talking about the power of conversations. Now, let's just kind of set the stage a little bit. I think the word conversations uh, requires, or the word conversation requires uh, a conversation to be had. Uh, So let's just kind of paint the picture for a minute. Can you picture what it would have been like to sit down with Thomas Edison over a cup of dark roast coffee as he explained to you his most latest invention? Can you picture that? He's probably at the edge of his chair. Sheets of paper and whatever they use to draw whatever uh, inventions or you know engineering designs or even just middle of the night thoughts that he probably sketched out on a napkin or anything that he could find. Could you imagine what it would be like to talk with him face to face over coffee, over a latest invention? Or what about if you were the first person that Rosa Parks discussed her courageous stance on the bus with? On her way home, she gets home, she sits next to this person, which could be you, and she describes what it was like to have bold courage to stand up for what she believed And now we read about her in history books for generations to come. But hey, listen, the point to those two references is that there's immense power exchange when we are having a conversation with somebody. And earlier this week, I had a chance to watch my 92-year-old mentor, Dr. Lauren Sifrin. I mentioned Lauren from time to time. He's 92. He looks and talks like Yoda, but boy, is he a man of peace. And he's been a mentor of mine for 12 years. And this past uh, week, I had a chance to meet not only his mentor, uh, but many other people that Lawrence had the chance to kind of be around and and disciple or mentor, uh, a word I'd like to use interchangeably. But nevertheless, here he is at 92, introducing his mentor, who's 86 years old, Charles Simpson. Now, their friendship began over 50 years ago with a simple conversation. Uh, the year was 1974. So you can picture it. I wasn't alive, but maybe you were. Uh, nevertheless, it was a long time ago, and Lauren was reading an article about mentorship from a magazine called New Wine Magazine. And this was a publication that Charles was part of. And Lauren decided, not just as an eager reader, to bookmark this uh, particular article in the magazine, but he insisted that he tracked down Charles and he found his phone number. He found his phone number, and he had a chance to reach out to him. And one thing led to another. And uh, they were able to schedule some time together to meet up. And they met up for a conversation, which lasted over three hours. You can imagine the joy for them. uh, Fast forward, you know, 50 years, spending time together uh, at an event in Detroit where Charles was giving a guest lecture. Now, Charles, there's many lessons that he's had from over 60 years of ministry. uh, Born and raised uh, in the South, Uh, his ministry resides in Mobile, Alabama. And he started preaching when he was 26. So you can imagine uh, at 86, just the wisdom that he holds from all of his years of experience. His style is soft-spoken, rather funny, but he's definitely bold. And early into his remarks, he referenced that when he first started his career, his two favorite things outside of preaching were boxing 
and smoking cigars. <laughs> so picture this 26-year-old kind of scrappy preacher who liked to box and smoke cigars. And one of his first memories was meeting with some senior leaders from other churches in Alabama when he was introduced kind of as the rookie to the group as Charles Simpson, the preacher who smokes cigars. Now you can imagine this raised a few eyebrows back in the uh, you know late 60s there. Um, but instead of basking kind of in the secondhand smoke of discouragement that was airing in the room, he decided, Charles decided to reach out privately to a man named Ken, who was in the group, who told him at the beginning of the meeting, you can either smoke cigars or preach, but you have to pick one. Now, typically this kind of accusation or proclamation would, would deter somebody from furthering dialogue with, with uh, that person. But instead, Charles decided privately to reach out to him and have a can of conversation that allowed both of them to get to know each other better and kind of agree to disagree. So as they moved past their differences, Charles actually invited Ken to teach at his church, uh, something that you'd really only do if you honored that person with some level of respect and trust to come into your uh, place and, and share what it was that was on Ken's heart. But uh, as you can see, they got past their differences with cigar smoke, uh, cigar smoking and preaching. And the cool thing was, uh, is as Charles was reflecting here in Detroit, uh, about six years of ministering and preaching and just walking with God, he had two takeaways that really stuck out with me. And they're under this umbrella of conversations, which is what we're talking about today, the power of conversations. And he said, relationships aren't built from sermons. They are born from a conversation. Now let's unpack this for a minute. Sermons are his vocation, his skill set, what he's done for 60 years. Here he is standing in front of us six years into it, obviously nearly sunsetting in his, in his, his call on his life. He's saying that relationships, the most important thing that people say on their deathbed, they wish they would reconcile or have more time with. Relationships aren't built from sermons. They're born from a conversation. The second thing he said is conversations require us to listen and often sit in the discomfort of the silence. Now, this has kind of multi-dimensions to it. When I first heard it, I pictured sitting and having a conversation with somebody that I didn't see eye to eye with, and instead of just sharing my point and arguing my point and defending my point, I'd have to sit in the silence of gaining curiosity of their point. I think what Charles also implied by this is that God wants a re relationship with us through conversations not just through rote prayers that we say out of habit, but we don't feel in our hearts and we don't necessarily expect a response back. Now, I know this is a podcast on having the courage to connect. And many of you who listen have different views and perspectives on what it means to connect. But if you entertain the idea that there's God, which I believe, and God has a desire to commune with us, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, Oftentimes, it's that still small voice that can only be heard in the silence of the busy bodies of our mental anguish. So if you're going to have a conversation, whether it be with God or another person, oftentimes it requires a posture of silence, both in your mind and in your heart. So those are the two things he took away. I took away from Charles' remarks. But let's just let's kind of take it this from another perspective. Why do conversations even matter? So there's two things that every person desires, to be valued and to have a purpose. 
And I believe that when we have conversations, we have a conduit to better understand what makes each other tick or valued, and oftentimes have a chance to share what it is we believe our purpose is, or have that other person paint a picture of how our purpose or the skills or talents that we've been given can come to life. And during conversations, I think there are three things that are unique about a face-to-face conversation. One, we get to share ideas. I get to hear what's on your heart. You get to hear what's on my heart, what I'm thinking about, what I'm pondering over, what I'm jotting down in my notebook. Two, we get to exchange future plans. Hey, this is what I'm, I'm planning. Next year, we're planning a trip to Serbia to see my wife's kind of origin roots. I'd love it. It's something we've been planning for a while. I, if you want to talk about it, email me. I'd love to talk about traveling to Europe, particularly in the old country. Uh, and maybe uh, the third thing is that we could express our current needs that we have in the moment. When we're in a transactional nature of communicating with each other, we oftentimes don't have a chance to express the things we currently need because they're so close to our hearts that we don't have a moment to express them. So let me say this a different way. Most of our days are filled with communication, not conversation. Communication is about events where conversations are about people. Communication provides instructions where conversations provoke vision. Communication creates buzzing notifications. We all know those. And conversations create compassion and reflection. Speaking of buzzing notifications, uh, communications add to your to-do lists and conversations make you forget your to-do lists. So as you look at the dichotomy of conversations versus communication, you can already see the depth of what it means to be able to have conversations versus communication. So one more thing for you here. I recently had a conversation um, and it was with my mentor, Lauren, and we had the chance to talk over lunch. We often meet for lunch, usually for, for the week, and we had an opportunity to do just that. So as we're meeting together, um, I went over my mental list of things to talk about and he sat there listening and we conversed and we covered topics about marriage, money, parenting, and even discussed things we felt that God was teaching us. And it was this liberating time where I felt renewed by just being with him. I felt valued. I felt seen. I felt like the purpose of my life was beyond the to-dos or the emails in my inbox. And towards the end of our time together, Lauren looked at me and he said, Mark, you are a triple blessing to me. And I smiled, not exactly knowing what he meant, but he said, I love our time together right now. I think about our time in the past and I look forward to our time in the future, a triple blessing. His words and the way in which he expressed them filled me more than the food in front of us. So as you think about that, uh, I just want to reflect with you that um, I believe that we have a chance to be more intentional at how we converse. And we have thousands of followers, but we feel more lonely than ever. Our homes are bigger, yet our gatherings are smaller. We send a text over a phone call because we don't have time to talk. And all of these things are great reminders of our need for our authentic connection through conversations. So as you think about this podcast, I want you to consider taking the time to reach out to somebody who's been on your mind 
or who comes to mind after hearing this, and for God's sakes, pick up the phone, set up a time to meet her, simply have a conversation over the phone. I promise you, you'll feel better, and so will they. And I'll end with a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. The best part of life is conversation. As always, thanks for tuning in to the Courage to Connect podcast. Please feel free to share this message, subscribe, and come back soon for more stories that encourage meaningful connection in your life online, offline, and